This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano-influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salt have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right influencers. Reach out to them now and see what they can do for you. Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and doing excerpts about the exceptional. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, enjoy I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. Hey everyone, this is Audrey Naidu, your host for Let's Talk Digital. Today I'm joined by Garth Roder, Managing Partner at Detonator Media Group, where we talk about gaming in South Africa. Looking beyond the numbers, we discuss brand immersion into gaming. Did you know South Africa is one of the largest video game markets in Africa? Gaming has overtaken the market in movies and music in the country in the last 12 to 18 months. We are going to smash some stereotypes around gaming and bring you a fresh approach on how to fully leverage this platform. Hello, Garth. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Audrey. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, I'm glad we eventually found the time. It took us a year to get here. Yes, I think it's, um, it's been uh, in planning for a while, but I'm, I'm glad we've locked in some time to, to have this chat. Looking forward to it. Definitely. God, you seem like a man with many talents, as I only caught some of your titles from your bio. Please elaborate for us. Yes, so I'm actually in, involved in, in, a, in a couple of businesses, uh, primary being always media and marketing. So I've been in marketing for sort of 22, 23 years now. Um, I run Detonator Media, which is a media innovation business uh, rooted in gaming. And you wear a few, uh, but I do like to have a skill set across lots of disciplines, which is exciting. Yeah, no so day is ever the same. Well, that's interesting. You need to keep challenging yourself, I guess. I think in, in our industry, things move so quickly. Uh, every week, there's something new. So we're always learning every week. So it's nice to, to keep yourself on your toes as well. Absolutely. God, from what I understand, you have a little coronial in the family or Gen C, if I may call it. Yes, so we've got a, a little girl, Blair. She's beautiful. She's 13 months old. Um, and then I've got a little boy who's uh, seven years old as well. So two of them running around, uh, one at school at the moment. But we experienced that. No, from what I know of you, you're a great dad. So it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. We, we try. We try. <laughs> I think I always wanted to be a dad. And um, I always wanted a little boy and, and certainly wanted a little girl. So it's been um, the best part, best part of of life is having those two little ones yeah for sure listen so let's get down to the topic today um we are talking about brand immersion into gaming but before we get there um we've seen that um gaming has shown accelerated growth in the last year uh, speak to us about that where is this growth coming from yes and i think it's you know, gaming was always growing. If I look at the seven years that I've been in the, the ecosystem, you know, we were growing steadily year on year anyway. I think what COVID did was 
shone a big spotlight onto the category because it gave people a safe space to unwind and deal with all the issues that, that people were having to deal with last year. So we saw a, a significant uptick not only in unique users that have uh, adopted gaming, uh, but also in terms of activity. So amount of games they were playing, length of time they were playing, and, and overall activity has been really good. So if I think of the seven-year journey on gaming, we started with about one and a half to two million gamers monthly. Pre-COVID, it was generally accepted at about eight million gamers across the various disciplines in the market. And COVID's kind of shot us to hit the 10 million monthly milestone. So uh, specifically looking at at least sort of a 20 to 30% growth across the board for, for gaming. So officially speaking, SA uh, has around 10 million gamers monthly across mobile console streaming and, and the content portals. So what type of audiences are we talking about here? And that's what's quite interesting because there's, there's typically uh, thoughts around who your actual gamer is versus what the perceived idea is. So a lot of people think that it's a, a 12-year-old playing on mom or dad's phone, where in fact gaming does offer pretty broad audiences. And yes, you can reach a five-year-old playing Disney games or like a Candy Crush, but you can also go all the way up to reaching grandparents who are playing as well. So I think what is interesting is you've got to look at the different touch points across the board, choose your lane quite wisely if it's mobile versus console. But because everything is mapped based on gameplay and, and audience segmentation, you're able to reach a, a pretty diverse audience, anyone from a 10-year-old all the way up to grandparents at 60. But your your median and your, your typical gamer would be average aged around about 30 years old, um, probably in second or third job, reasonable area around disposable income, good life stage. So it actually offers a, a far more uh, broader opportunity for brands as opposed to what the King or a Golf. But if you look at the new consoles that came out back end of last year, you're looking between 10 and 15 grand for a console. Uh, for one of the games, you're looking at about 1,500 grand. For a reasonable headset, you're looking at about three grand. And that's not even the guys that are building out their full-blown PC rigs inside their houses where those guys can spend up to 100, 150 grand building out an amazing laptop, a whole sort of gaming area, gaming chairs, uh, surround sound for it. So you really can get caught up from just downloading a game on your phone all the way down to dedicating an area in your house uh, to your passion. Hmm, that's quite an expensive hobby. There is a perception that gaming is male-dominated. Is that true? It is true, and I think that's that's typically how all, all the media would have started, uh, not only in digital but specifically in gaming, where you would have had a 75 to 80% male skew historically. That has now changed significantly, where you've got about 40% of the market being female, and the female uh, audiences are growing faster than the males, and you've got a perspective now where even in South Africa some of the biggest and best influencers in gaming are female. And you've got esports teams like Energy Esports, which have got a FIFA team only for females. So you're looking at about a 55 to 60% male slant, but the, the female section is catching up really quickly. Uh, if you look at things like mobile gaming, that is probably a little bit closer to being split. So you're looking almost 50% even. So... Yep, that, that's one of the other perceptions. You only can reach males with gaming, where in fact, no. You, you, if you choose your, your lanes and your touch points wisely, you absolutely can reach 
the female uh, side of, of gaming. Yeah, I think when we had a chat, you mentioned there are 10 different opportunities in gaming. Can you provide some context to that? Yes, and 10 sounds like a massive number, but I think what people sometimes do is they need to step back and look at what gaming as an entire category or ecosystem offers, where certainly media is, is the first opportunity where you've got all these rich opportunities from console ads to media to video to influencer work. Uh, you've got a really diverse opportunity in media to reach all these different audiences. Um, from a team's perspective, so some of the professional teams, I think, you know, right now from a sponsorship perspective, you are getting a, a low CPA with with these teams. They're not quite yet uh, blowing up with massive numbers. You know, you kind of are, are speaking to some of these pro teams that are winning everything. You've got to rewind life like when you used to sponsor the Stormers 15 years back. So the costs to get involved now are, are actually quite low for the return that you for the return that you're getting. I think there is a big content opportunity where brands can immerse themselves and become part of that conversation online. I think that's a really big opportunity and it's one of the key ways that we suggest that brands start embedding themselves into, uh, into the market. There's quite a bit of online activity that you can do as well. So things like online tournaments where people are starting to play competitively, I think that's going to be a, an ever-growing category. Um, to that point, there are still some first mover opportunities. You know, not all the categories have been taken yet. Um, a lot of brands are sort of taking a, a wait and see approach historically, but now in the last sort of six months to to sort of twelve months, we find a lot of brands are, are looking to get into that space. And those guys who are first mover tend to look at this as a long term market, which I think is important. In you know, you embed yourself now for your five to ten year sort of customer journey going forward. And I think one of the biggest opportunities is, is mobile. That That is where a lot of the growth is coming from. Certainly in COVID, we saw the mobile numbers grow uh, significantly. I think with mobile, it does offer you a broader element of the market where you can reach the younger audience as well as the older audience. And then your experiences that you can deliver with mobile are really rich. Anything from your standard sort of banners and interstitials all the way up to uh, playable games, and interactive end screens, like all the main platforms have got really good engagement opportunities. So there really is a, a big opportunity, but I, I do think that sometimes it's wise for people and brands to step back, look at all the different touch points that are on offer and choose those ones, ones wisely. So that usually is the first conversation we have with brands is we've got uh, a phenomenal ecosystem slide that shows you the different avenues that you can take. And it's important to sit down and consider all of those different ones before you move into the space. I think before we get into um, the intricacies of what is available out there for brands, are the audience receptive to ads when they, they're actually in gaming mode? So they are. And I think you, you've got to consider what they're doing at that particular time. So they are in an entertainment mindset. So gaming is, is entertainment. They're doing something that they love doing. They've intentionally gone to go and take a mental check out to have a bit of downtime and, and, and do what, what they love. So you're looking at the, the research and there's been several papers that have been uh, put into the space around 
at that time, they are they're calm. They're doing what they love. They're receptive to brands. And you can see the research shows that the brand lift studies and the indexing is really high for brands that do it the right way by putting relevant ads connecting to a relevant audience. You can certainly get it wrong by putting in uh, incorrect targeting for, for your ads. But I think overall, uh, the, the, the gamers are receptive to brands getting into their space, provided that you do it in a natural way, in an organic way, and, and, and be real. I think that's one of the most important things, you know. You've got to make sure you, you think about your creative in that space uh, to for it to get good performance. I guess you can't just push products and use your, you know, your traditional messaging on this platform. Yes, I, th- I think you've got to spend some time and build up a little bit of credentials in, in the space before you start pushing the product. Certainly, some products are geared for the space. Things like fiber data deals, you know, those are critical to a, a, a gamer's will. But um, things like, you know, chocolate bars, cars, and so on, you know, those, those take a little bit of time to, to get into that space. And, and certainly, you can uh, push out product, but I think the style of the advertising needs to be considered before you just flight your, your general TVC uh, into mobile gaming, as an example. Yeah, I know you mentioned you're working with big brands like BMW, uh, Debonair, Dow. Um, give us some examples of how some of these brands have done it right on the platform. Yes, and I think it's been a, it's been a bit of a journey with, with some of these brands where these conversations are, are five years old around... You know, we, we're looking to reach an average age, 30-year-old with some disposable income uh, in, in a leisure environment. And gaming typically lends itself exactly to that that request. Uh, some of the brands that I feel that have, have done it right, so Debonair's Pizza has been on a three- or four-year journey. You know, they started the first year around building up credentials in that space, so becoming an enabler, so online tournaments, putting out content, Sort of embedding themselves with a couple of key teams. Year two then evolved to how do we thread and marry pizza and, and gaming? And we used convenience as that key sort of pillar. So if you consider while you're playing gaming and pizza, they work really well together. So you can deliver it right to your doorstep so you don't have to leave your house. There's no dishes. You can eat straight out of the box. You can eat with one hand and still play games. So it's actually a really fantastic food category to get involved in the gaming space. So they've been on a journey for a long time. I will I honestly believe it'll be quite difficult for other pizza brands to get involved into there because they've embedded themselves as almost the, the pizza for gamers. Um, other brands that I think have done some really interesting work, so BMW, when they did their M Festival at the end of 2019, really loved what they did. They had a sort of multi-tier strategy around influences and content, always on media, as well as live activations with eSports. So I felt that they really chose their campaign well. Uh, we turned it into a case study, did incredibly well for uh, the overall event. I believe that they went from about 51 to 74 uh, vehicles sold at the M Festival. So it was a, a successful campaign for them. And some other brands that I think have done some some good work, you know, KFC or Comic-Con, I really like fact that you know, we, we put them into an integration with Woodfighter, one of the locally developed games. I think that was a really good move by them. I think they've gone a bit quiet now, which which is frustrating. I always like to get brands to 
get involved for the long term and be consistent in the the messaging and into the market. I think they dipped in and, and sort of dipped out. But recently, you know, especially in the last three months, we've had some fantastic conversations with some brands that are they've been watching. They can see the numbers have moved. They see the opportunity for engagement. Uh, so some of these brands, you know, for example, Nivea is a big global brand in the gaming space. We've had an amazing conversation with the client recently. Um, Adidas has moved into that space as well and, and done some fantastic work. And look out for the likes of, of, of Puma, who, who are going to be making some moves. So I think what's interesting is there are a couple of blue chip brands that have moved into that space, which always helps confidence of other brands. You know, well, we've seen some cool work by BMW and Debonair. like, maybe we can get it right as well. So let's investigate that. And I think that's always been a fantastic opportunity. There is certainly pressure from global uh, HQs to get brands to move into the space. So a lot of the time we'll get sent. Dubai has said that we need to get into gaming. What is our uh, opportunity in the ecosystem? So certainly with the global scale of, of gaming and esports and so on, uh, a lot of these Brands have got it right in several markets and, and now are sort of putting pressure for, for Africa to follow suit, which which is a big opportunity for us. No, definitely. So I hear you mention esports. Uh, what's your take on esports in South Africa? As I understand, it's quite a big thing globally. Yes, it is massive. It is a ginormous category and you'll see incredible numbers in the US and in Europe and, and in Asia. And I, I proceed with this answer with, with caution because I always worry that that's our typical first conversation that we have with a brand that's been guided by global. You've got to get into esports and you'll see a YouTube video of a United States stadium packed with 100,000 people watching people play a Call of Duty game. And that is amazing, but South Africa does not have those numbers. We are early days when it comes to esports. Esports is one cog in a massive gaming wheel. It will be big. We're talking three to five years when our numbers start scaling. We're not quite there yet. You know, gamers are more the players locally and not the viewers yet. The viewers are building steadily. So if I look at something like Twitch locally, which is owned by Amazon, it's a streaming platform rooted in gaming, you've seen a 200% growth on South Africans watching gaming content on that streaming platform just in the last six months. So it's certainly something to watch. But I would say locally, we don't have the viewership numbers yet to support esports. But in saying that, I think get involved, but it's certainly a long, a long play. You know, I always worry that you've got a couple of new consulting brands that are trying to get brands into, into the space and they go esports first. I think that is is incorrect, and, and typically they'll lead with the big YouTube clip that you'll see in the US. So esports is certainly something very important to do research about. No doubt, globally, the numbers are phenomenal, but South Africa is on a, a long-term journey to get uh, scalable viewership numbers in that space. Yeah, I guess it opens up opportunities for brands in the sport category, to possibly start uh, playing in that space as well. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, gaming is considered a sport. So if you look at the IOC and Olympic bodies, you know, there are thoughts around bringing gaming into into that space. And I think with global success, always allows you to look at best practice and see which brands have gotten it right 
get some of those ideas and then localize the messaging and cater for what the le- the levers are in, in our local market. I think you know there's definitely an opportunity for for brands in in that space to embed themselves because esports you know you'll you'll have people that are watching and you'll have people that are playing. So it is certainly an opportunity for brands to get involved and and be part of that gaming experience. Mm. This topic is getting heated. Let's cool off with a quick break. Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people. For an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real-life situations, go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing. Welcome back. Let's keep this conversation going. So are there native opportunities for brands within the gaming space? They definitely are. And and some of the media types, I think, lend itself particularly well. So if you think of some of the console media opportunities, you know, those are ads inside console games whilst you're playing them. Those aren't like weird pop-ups or shiny golden buzzers, things like that. Those are all naturally embedded ads on flat surfaces throughout gameplay. So th- those that's intrinsically native in some of the console games. You do get those opportunities with mobile as well, where you can embed your brand amongst gameplay uh, with things like rewarded video, incentivized video. But you can also go right to the end of, of that side and, and do things like skinned up games or playable mini games. So we've got some amazing uh, ad campaigns that are coming up in, in our market where uh, we, we've got the ability to run some really interesting global creative and, and playable games for brands like Lego um, and Universal Studios. So, you know, I think native tends to be a little bit more expensive than just your standard CPCV video and interstitials, but it does offer sort of next level engagement. Uh, one of the really interesting stats on on Gameloft, one of the platforms that, that we represent is, you know, a, a playable game brought to you by a brand will always be played by 79% of the network. So the percentages and the numbers, if you offer these users an interesting game that is embedded with the brand, uh, we do find that the engagement is is phenomenal. Some brands may be hesitant to, to play in this space due to, uh, you know, ensuring brand-safe environments, uh, considering the nature and content of some of these games. Um, what is your take on this? Yeah, and I think it is one of the most important things to consider when you're looking to get into that space. And, you know, there is a diverse opportunity for for, for gaming titles, anything from your deemed to be violent games like a Call of Duty and so on, which obviously has got uh, shooting and so on. So you, you just need to make sure that you assess the landscape of titles and either you want to be in that category or not. All the platforms can do targeting. So if you don't want to be in violent-related games, you just segment them out. What is important is that all of the main stream platforms all use Moat or a DV or an IAS. So, you know, they have been for many, many years now. It's not new. Moat wasn't obviously formed last year. All of the main platforms use these brand-safe mechanics and uh, and tools. The other thing that's important around brand safety is in terms of the data. So things like GDPR compliance, copper compliance, those terms, you know, they can't just be sort of little acronyms. People need to consider, for example, if you're running a Coca-Cola ad and you are trying to target a seven-year-old child, that probably isn't the right thing to do. If you are Lego and you are trying to reach a five-year-old child 
for a Lego set, yes, that's okay. So, for example, copper compliance is the Children's Online Protection Act, and you'll find that a lot of the main uh, mobile-specific publishers in the world will have whitelists that are copper compliant, where it's a much safer environment for for kids to run certain brands. So, I think it, it you've got to look at the brand at the brand fit and consider which titles do your segmentation correctly. Uh, make sure that you are looking at getting into the right environment for your brand, but that comes with the upfront research around looking at what the overall opportunity is. Some brands are naturally aligned with global. So, for example, um, a Coca-Cola might be aligned with Call of Duty globally, which is tend to be a violent game. But their media, they will not target that. So you always have to make sure that they're in strategy games, in sports games, and so on. So it just comes with the, the brief uh, ensuring that you have that conversation with those brands upfront around what kind of environments uh, do they want to be in? And then from a peace of mind perspective, everyone uses all the tools like a moat. Um, and the big guys are always protecting data with GDPR compliance and COP compliance. But that's important. I think it's, um, it's a topic that sometimes is brushed over. And I think it's one of the first topics you should cover front and center in your conversation moving into gaming. I guess it's the same principle that you would apply if you buy media on any other platform. I mean, for example, YouTube. Yeah, principles are all the same. If anything, you're trying to reach a particular audience with a piece of creative and what kind of environment do you want that person to see it in? And the same principles apply to, to gaming. Effectively, gaming is a, uh, a category in digital. So same things as if you're going into Facebook or YouTube, uh, Snapchat, whatever it may be. So if I had to summarize what you've just said to us, it's uh, you can't actually play in the space if you're looking at it from a short-term perspective, like just doing it as one-off campaign. You need to build a more sustainable presence. It needs to be deliberately planned out. And then you need to measure the success of that. Yes, you're completely right. And I think the, the brands that have taken the long-term approach have typically shown better results to the bottom line of the business. You will always have brands come in and go, we're doing a one-month campaign, we need to sell uh, laptops, and we are Dell. Great. One-month campaign, that generally is easy because they are a, a natural gaming brand to be in that space. If you are a, a bank or a pizza brand or a car brand, you know the guys that have gone, well, we're in for the year, let's see what we can do and thread gaming as a golden thread amongst a lot of our digital touch points, we've then seen the metrics be better. So things like uh, uptick in app downloads, web or mobile traffic, all tracked down to uh, increasing things like test drives, or did we sell more pizza through our delivery apps? So, you know, that those are the beginning conversations we need around, well, why are you getting into gaming? What are the KPIs and what does success look like? And if we take a considered approach and a long-term approach, we can always affect uh, positively things like app downloads, web traffic, lead generation, uh, reach, frequency, or all, all those typical metrics. And I think you're right. You know, brands that take a longer view do better. Okay, because I was going to ask you what success would look like for a brand, but I think you kind of answered that. Uh, measurement is key upfront, and that's what you are trying to focus on. Is if you plan correctly, then your end result will be successful. 
Yes, 100%. I think always the, the, the first year is kind of immersion into the ecosystem. So get involved in a few touch points, be an enabler, get to know the lingo of the market, get to know what kind of uh, call to actions work, sort of play around. From probably end of year one, year two, start putting product into there. You know, start you can start seeing uplift in uh, brand uptake. That's when you can start pushing download our app, uh, buy more pizza as an example. Uh, so it's kind of a, a bit of a journey, a journey from immersion to call to actions to embedding yourself as part of the gaming ecosystem where you're a natural brand and people know that you're in that space. And then that's the happy place because then you start getting the memes created about you and so on. And we found that that was already happening with the likes of Adibane's Pizza. You know, you, you've got a couple of forums on Facebook that would typically start talking about like Pizza Fridays as an example. You know, that shows the brand's in there. They've been seen. They've been part of that experience. And now there's like an organic conversation happening about that brand. That doesn't happen in year one. That tends to take a typically longer-term approach. Mm. So you, you're typically designing an experience for these users. Yes, exactly. So yeah. knowing exactly which audience you're trying to reach, what is the ultimate goal from a product side, what are the KPIs up front, and then looking at a multi-touch point opportunity to embed yourself in that ecosystem. Yeah, that sounds great. So, but why why do you think that brands are hesitant to trying out gaming for those that have not yet dabbled in it? Where's the gaps in the market? I think there is a significant knowledge gap around, firstly, what the typical gamer looks like, what the gaming numbers, in fact, are. And I think COVID did, although it's shone a spotlight, I did see quite a few new gaming consultancies pop up and throw in a webinar and overstating a few things. So I do worry that, you know, they'll, they'll lead with that YouTube clip showing 100,000 people in a stadium is, is the wrong way to go. Um, so I think that there's a, there's a knowledge issue. And I think that sits with brands and agencies and everyone. And because it's such a diverse category, you know, you need to bring in a range of experts to teach you on, on what the different opportunities are. Um, I do find that we always get called going, Global has said we've got to go in. So please, can you help us? And our, our first meeting is always like, this is what the full market looks like. That's what you need to know first. Spend your time, do your research. And, you know, we have found a few times that, you know, you, you get the client or the agency that says they know gaming because that person might have played Mario Brothers when they were 15. And that doesn't mean that you know the gaming. A lot of things have changed since they, they were 15. And I think you know, you've got to figure out where the different touch points are. You've got to do your research around like, why do we want to be in this category? How do we do that? So it comes down to knowledge. And I think that is, that's getting better, certainly getting better. I think you know we've been on a, a seven-year education journey, us as well as a few other people that are trying to help clients sort of look at the, the positive impact they can have to their business by getting involved in, in gaming. So it will still be there in three years' time when we chat. There will still be knowledge that needs to be uh, imparted to clients and agencies. So, you know, it's an interesting space to be in. And, and, and gaming is diverse. It's fast-moving. Every month something's new. So it's one of those always be learning situations where there could be a new platform that comes out next month that 
resonates with gamers. You know, you, you could look at things like, not many people talk about Discord. Discord is a, a, a chat service that is used by the, the gaming market. And people go, well, is it big? Globally, there are 400 million people that use Discord. So, you know, global, it's a beast. But your, your typical uh, gamers would know about it. But it's our job to help brands learn about these different touch points and, and how to use them. Yeah, that's like a secret community you're talking about, the Discord community. It, it is a sort of secret community, but you'll be surprised on the numbers that yeah. that are here locally in SA. So you talk to any sort of midstream gamer that's got a console that plays on their phone, that's been playing games for more than two years, they know exactly what Discord is. And if you've got 10 million gamers, you know, you're probably looking at, at the low amount in millions of what people know about Discord. So, you know, that's a scalable platform right from the get-go. Mm. Definitely. So what advice would you give to brands if they want to enter the space? Great question. And I think the first part of that is to take a step back and go, well, why do we want to get into gaming? Right. You answer that. Great. Then what do we actually want to achieve out of this? And then look at the full opportunity that all of these different touch points offer. Try and find your lane to fit in organically and naturally that doesn't feel forced and take take your time you know you might have seen a really great clip or you might have got an email from dubai saying you've got to move T take your time that doesn't mean you've got to get this done in two weeks you know spend the time learning about the audience about the different platforms speak to lots of people that you can get various sort of opinions in that space take the time to build out the right fit for your brand and then take a move. Um, I would say go, go slowly. Yes, the opportunity is moving fast, but if you take your time, you, you'll get it right. And how do brands get hold of you? Right. So on, on LinkedIn, um, that would be a great place. I, I share a lot of research and things like that around gaming. Otherwise, my email is goth at detonator.ca or happy to take a call. 084-700-9429 and I'd love to chat to brands and agencies around how we can um, educate them on, on why this space is exciting. Thanks, Garth. I mean, it was really an informative session and a conversation today. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Audrey. It's been great. I uh, look forward to this chat for, for a year. It's an exciting conversation to, to have and appreciate the time and, and thanks very much for having me on. Okay. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thanks, Audrey. Bye. Bye. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one. This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt, the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.